And a very good morning behind the scenes interview time here on Worcester Radio. Our guest in studio joining us from the OSU Extension office in Wayne County is always talking agriculture is Rory Levandusky. Rory, as always, good morning. Happy to have you in here today. Yeah, good morning, Ron. Good to be here. Uh, our topic of conversation today is going to be cattle lice with Rory. And, and I don't think of winter, I guess, usually as a time for pest problems on cattle. So uh, what is it about lice, Rory, that allows them to, tr- th- th- to thrive in the winter? And with the mild winter that we've had, is it, is it more of a problem this year? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's really more of a kind of a winter and what happens, uh, how physiologically uh, with, with uh, the cow's coat. So although, you know, lice can be present throughout the entire year, uh, high numbers of lice tend to be more likely during the winter months, and that's due to several factors. So one of them is um, cattle do self-grooming, and typically um, that is pretty effective with their rough tongue. Uh, and combined with a thin hair coat, uh, that's really an effective method of keeping lice numbers low. But uh, we get into winter months, of course, their hurt hair coat is thicker, and so that self-grooming is, is not as effective. Uh, so that's that's one factor. Uh, also, we know lice tend to favor cooler temperatures. So hot summer temperatures, especially for uh, pasture-based systems where they also have direct exposure to sun and then sometimes are exposed to some of our heavy rain showers in the summer, all those are also factors that play a role in reducing lice numbers and, you know, offer some further explanation of why we get heavy lice infestations are most oftentimes seen during winter months and why I think cattle owners really need to be checking their cattle for lice uh, during these winter months and as we get into early spring as well. Well, let's talk about how fast the lice are able to reproduce. So as wonderful as a thing of uh, this is to talk about and to think of, can you provide some background for our listeners, I guess, on, on the biology and the life cycle of lice so they kind of know what to expect? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, there are two types of lice that may infect cattle. Uh, there's sucking lice and biting lice. And it is possible to have both types of lice on, on any one animal. Sucking lice are blood feeders, uh, and biting lice feed by scraping cells from the surface of the skin and the base of hairs. Now, for most species of lice, the life cycle goes from um, egg to mature egg-laying adult in about 28 days. Those eggs uh, commonly are called nits. Uh, they are laid and glued as single eggs uh, at the base of hairs. Uh, now, there is some variance between lice species, but again, in general, eggs hatch in approximately two weeks into an immature life stage, and that's called a nymph. And those nymphs uh, resemble adults, except they're smaller. And they go through three molts. Uh, they shed their skin each time until they reach full adult size in about three weeks. And then within a few days of adulthood, those females are ready to begin egg laying, and they'll generally lay about one egg a day. Adults typically live two to three weeks. And so both our sucking and biting lice will spend their entire life cycle on the host. And so that's an important factor. Uh, sucking lice actually die within a few hours uh, off the host. While biting lice, uh, it's possible they could survive for several days if they're not exposed to direct sunlight. But again, not a long time period. Uh, here's the other important factor. There is no alternative host for either type of lice. Lice are very species-specific. Speci- species uh, so in other words... Cattle lice need cattle as host. Okay. Um, You use the phrase, high numbers of lice are most likely during the winter months. Mm -hmm. 
what's considered high numbers? Uh, I'm sure it's probably higher than what we want to think. But also, what's the result of a heavy lice infestation? You know, how do lice affect the health of an animal? If you if you find your barn full of this, what are some of the results that you can expect or the consequences? I guess. Right. Yeah. Good question. So, uh, it is possible for lice to reach population levels of thousands or uh, even tens of thousands, unfortunately, on an infected cattle. Uh, those types of infestations are typically going to be associated with reduced weight gains, uh, anemia. Remember, they're you know they're sucking lice or sucking blood, so anemia. Uh, predisposition to other diseases and illnesses uh, as a result of accumulated stress in a depressed immune system. Um, and we can have slow recovery if, if cattle would have any other type of illness or disease, just again because they've got that depressed immune system. Now the economic impact of cattle lice is variable. It's not always well correlated with the severity of, of the infestation. Uh, however, a figure that's uh, sometimes thrown around and that you see in literature is uh, if there are 10 or more lice per square inch, so pretty heavy, uh, if 10 or more lice per square inch is observed, uh, you're going to have detrimental economic impact. Now, one factor that can kind of uh, mitigate that a little bit and reduce the negative effect of lice is a high-energy diet. Now, conversely, uh, a diet low in energy can make that problem worse uh, with a heavy lice infestation. And kind of the word of warning here is um, we know that uh, many cattle operations uh, last year, because of our rainy season, harvested some pretty low-quality forage uh, that can be low in energy, low in crude protein, and that's getting fed right now at this time of the year. So we have a situation set up where, you know, diets can be a stress, and then if lice are there, that uh, we're set up to see some of this uh, economic impact. Talk about the symptoms of lice infestation. What should the cattle owner be looking for to make sure that, that his cattle don't have that? Sure. Uh, symptoms of a heavy lice infestation are pretty readily visible. Uh, cattle are going to be rubbing and scraping themselves to relieve the itching that are caused by lice. And so uh, you're going to see clumps of hair are going to fall out. Uh, that's going to leave bare and raw spots uh, on the animals. Uh, you're going to see maybe hair clinging to a fence or post that they rub against. And then other areas of the hair coat could exhibit a, a real matted appearance. Now, cattle with uh, really heavy infestations of sucking lice are sometimes described as having a greasy-looking appearance. And this is due to the cattle rubbing. Uh, that crushed the lice, and that results in a mixture of the crushed lice, uh, their feces, uh, blood, and serum from the sucking wounds all being deposited on the skin of the animal and then matting down that hair. The obvious next question, or maybe it's not so obvious, but what are the control options, and, and how effective is treatment? You know, it's, it's one thing, you, your kid gets lice at school, right. he comes home, you can take care of it. Um, a little bit different when you're talking about either one or, you know, a whole herd of cows. Right. And, and yeah, good to bring that up uh, that because this uh, lice are obviously very contagious. Uh, they spread quickly. So if you get a couple animals, they can go through the whole barn uh, pretty quickly. So uh, when you think about control options, uh, the short answer is that life... Uh, Lice can be effectively controlled with a systemic pour-on treatment of any of the ivermectin class of pesticides, and that would include things like the doramectin, uh, iprinomectrin, uh, ivomectrin, or moxidectrin. Uh, any of those products are going to provide long-term control with just a single application. But now, here's the caveat to that. Uh, those products are safe to use for winter louse control application if cattle have been previously treated for grubs before November 1st. So it throws a little twist into this. Okay, admittedly, a lot of times, not a lot, but sometimes 
Some of the things you say go right over my head, Rory. So uh, give me a little bit more explanation, if you would. First, explain exactly what cattle grubs are, and then the date. Why is November 1st that date important? Yeah, so there's this kind of interrelationship here. So cattle grubs are primarily a pest issue with pasture-based cattle. Uh, They're the larva form of the heel fly. Uh, The heel fly lays eggs on the legs and the lower body areas of cattle during the summer months. Uh, Those eggs hatch, and so here's where it starts getting kind of interesting. The eggs hatch, and then those larvae burrow under the skin, and they begin a migration through the body of the animal. And they migrate until they reach either the esophagus or the spinal cord. Uh, So those maturing grubs then damage muscle tissue along the back line of cattle. Uh, They're going to actually cut holes in the hide of the animal to be able to breathe, especially along that that, uh, spinal cord. So treatment to kill those grubs has to take place before they reach the esophagus or spinal cord to avoid a toxic reaction. If they're killed when they're in those areas, uh, we set off this toxic reaction uh, that causes harm to cattle. So in Ohio, uh, that cutoff date for treatment to avoid that reaction is November 1st. Uh, So again, this is all kind of interrelated in how you can treat lice later in the year. It might be the most disgusting thing we've talked about on air, Rory, uh, as we've gone now from lice to grubs and uh, not a lot of pleasant things here today. But you mentioned the toxic reaction uh, if it if they get into the, the spinal column or, or the esophagus. So what kind of toxic reaction can occur? Uh, and again, I guess I'll load the question. Is there a time period after the November 1st date when those uh, systemic products could be used again safely to control a lice infestation if if somebody comes upon this in late November or December, or is that November 1 kind of a hard date? Yeah, um, so that's a good question. So the, those uh, grubs, uh, that November date is, is a fairly hard date. Uh, I mean, that's based on, on data, and, that, and as you go further south, uh, that changes. So if you, again, bought cattle in, you have to kind of know where they're coming from. Uh, but for Ohio, that November 1st is a, is a pretty uh, hard date. So if grubs are, are killed, though, when they're at those sites, again, either in the esophagus or spinal cord, uh, if you treat after that November 1st date, you're going to get an inflammatory reaction. Uh, that can result in, in severe bloat, Uh, or paralysis of the rear legs of the animal. So not a good situation. Now, generally, that critical period is between November 1st and about early January here in in Ohio. And so generally, we think, you know, uh, we're seeing lice this time of the year. And even if you didn't treat uh, for grubs, if you had a pasture-based system, uh, you might be safe to, to treat at this point. However, uh, doing some searching on this, uh, there was a February 7th, 2001 article by uh, then OSU Extension beef cattle uh, veterinarian, Dr. William Shulaw, and he's talking about this topic and he makes this statement, treatment of cattle with grub larvae late in the winter or in early spring may kill the grubs without much danger to the animal, but the larval activity or reaction to the death can still cause muscle and subcutaneous tissue damage that's visible at slaughter. So there could be some some discounts there. So just with that little caveat in mind, uh, you know, that maybe clears things up for some folks. Rory, final question then. Are there other lice treatment options available if 
there's that concern about using the systemic products and a possible grub interaction. Is there any other route that someone can go? Right, there is. Uh, so another alternative to treat these late winter, early spring lice outbreaks, uh, especially again in those herds that have not been treated for grubs uh, by that November 1st date, would be to use a non-systemic insecticide. And, and we've got a number of those. It would be anything that contains active ingredients such as a lambda cyhalothrin, a cyfluthrin, or permethrin. Um, and again, a pour-on formulation is usually most effective. Rory, if anybody wants to find out more about our topic today, how can they do that? Yeah, they can contact me at the Wayne County Extension Office at 330-264-8722. All right, Rory, as always, appreciate you coming in. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you, Ron. Once again, our guest in studio today from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County talking agriculture and specifically today talking about lice infestation in cattle, Rory Levandusky. We've got more to get to. In a moment, hope you'll stay tuned. We'll check in with your weather up next.